Amen. Yeah, God is awesome, isn't he? Jeez, man, if you aren't excited that you're in church today, something ain't right with you. He is so good, isn't he? God is amazing. Hey, y'all, don't stay back in that back room too long because you're not going to want to miss this. Just letting you know right now. God is amazing. I am so jacked up, I can't believe it. I mean, I'm jacked up, but I mean, today I'm jacked up in a good way. Jeez, man, he is so good. So crazy. I have so much stuff. I want you to know this, that God has been talking to me and <laughs> for, for a little bit I was actually listening. <laughs> yeah. We got to get into this because I do not have time for all this. I know. Only God does. And so I want you to know that I, I had mentioned, uh, I believe last Sunday in the message that I don't believe there's such a thing as an atheist. I do know that I've m met and heard from many people who say they're atheists, but I also know that there's no one that doesn't believe in God, but they've turned their back on him or they're angry at him or whatever happened in their life. They blame him, so they just, just choose to ignore he ex exists. And so we have tried to justify ourselves and step away from who he is. Today, uh, I want you to know that if you get nothing out of this, I've already got it. And uh, so if this is all for me, then I'm sorry you got to listen, but you're going to have to listen. All right. He's amazing. I am so excited about him and what he's doing. Our amazing God, he, oh my goodness, he's so good. Let's get started. And if the tech team can stay up with me today, I want you to know that's another miracle of God. Uh, Y'all know me and stuff, and so I was sending him stuff last night and saying, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need it in this order, I need this to be done, let's show this right here, and so first starting off with the video, let's see if this works. <clears throat> is there sound to this video? Just curious. I don't know if there is or not, I just watched it. There it is. On April 10th, 2015, the NOAA ship Okeanos Explorer I was working about 40 kilometers off the coast of Puerto Rico. I was part of the shoreside science team. And I was working in the Exploration Command Center at NOAA headquarters. And through satellite telepresence, we're able to be connected to our ships at sea in near real time. We had the ROV Deep Discoverer diving at about 4,000 meters on Arecibo Amphitheater, which is a canyon not far from the Puerto Rico Trench. Deep Discoverer is uh, a remotely operated vehicle. It's unmanned and it's tethered to the ship. It has a fantastic high definition camera system. So it brings back some stunning imagery. The vehicle was making a move up a slope. It was rocky. We came upon this gelatinous animal just above the seafloor. It looked very different. Tinafores are comb jellies. They have these rows of cilia combs. And when they pulsate, the light refracts back and it's a prism kind of light effect. And so when you see that, it, it's your instant clue that this is a tinafore. It was unlike tinafores I've seen before. Let me get a little closer. We were lucky on the dive. We actually got to see three different animals on three separate occasions. And on that second observation, we got a fantastic zoom on the high def. We saw lots of detail. After the dive that day, one of the first people I contacted was my friend and colleague, Alan Collins. Alan is an expert in jellyfish. When I thought this thing, I just thought, that is so weird looking. It's like a, like a party balloon, only instead of sort of having one string hanging down, it's got two little 
dangly bits and on each of those dangly bits is a tentacle. I've never seen a tinafore like that before. I thought that there was at least a possibility that it was a new species. Pilot, can we turn on the lasers? Our ROV camera has uh, lasers that provide a scale for us to be able to measure things in the deep ocean. As we saw that the animal itself was about six centimeters tall. And his tentacles were very long, uh, 30 centimeters long. So the animal had this kind of bulbous body at the top and then very long trailing tentacles. We were lucky to have essentially a discovery within a discovery. In one of the video clips, we got to see some behavior. And those images and sequences of behavior are very exciting. Typically, new species are described by taking samples, taking animals back up into the lab and doing a lot of laboratory analysis, both on the microscope and with genetic tissue. Back when this was seen in 2015, the, the ROV Deep Discoverer wasn't equipped to do any sampling, so we had to rely solely on the high definition video. The process of describing a new genus and a new species takes a long time. In our case, it, it took five years. We were re-examining the video, and then we spent a lot of time communicating with other scientists on what we had found. And then it was doing the research, going through all of the literature. In the end, we described a new genus and a new species inside tinafores. What I hope is that it will be discovered again and it will be sampled so that we can get access to the information that's in the genome. If they do and take a sample, it would unlock an enormous amount of additional information. There are about a quarter million species known in the sea. There are numbers of species that have been seen only a handful of times. It is possible that it could be years, decades, maybe even a century before the species is encountered again. It's one of the things that makes the whole Okeanos Explorer operation so wonderful. You never know what you're gonna see. And often when you see something, it's never been seen before. Anytime we encounter something new, Anytime we encounter something exciting like this discovery, we add to the understanding people have about the ocean. Yeah, man. Okay. So if I can keep you together here, my God did that. So I want you to hear this. This is not science bashing day. It's us to embrace what God has revealed. And we're praying that many of them that see the revelation of God will turn their hearts towards him. So I hope you hear that as we talk about this today. Because you see, they saw this back in 2015. And it was not until 2021 that science decided this is a new thing we've never seen before. We don't know what it is. We're going to name it. We're going to explain. This is all we know. That's it. So it took them five years to name one little jellyfish. Right? Get that? Just keep that with you. They didn't even know what they were looking at. We have all this technology and all these abilities, and all of a sudden this little uh, party balloon floats through the screen, and everybody's like, wait a minute. Right? I mean, I was like that too. I'm like, dude, that is awesome. And then to watch those other jellyfish and the lights and all the spectacle of what is there, to see all that stuff. And I'm like, man, God, you're amazing. (laughs) Those things have been down there since he started this whole planet. And no one's ever seen them until today. There's so much we don't know. 
and God knows it all. And so as we look at this, I, I get questions a lot of times from people. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to keep all my no notes together. Besides the 17 pages I have there, I have more. <laughs> I should have had the cafe to serve lunch today. But uh, I get questions like these a lot of times because, see, as soon as someone finds out I'm a pastor, they think that I have the direct line to God and that I know everything. I mean, that, that's only people that don't know me. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> but so a lot of times what people do is they're, they're, again, skeptical of God. And so they say to me, like, what about people that have never heard of God? What about them? Yeah, I hear that, you know. So we'll answer that in a minute. Okay, then what about those people that are raised in countries that aren't Christian and they're taught lying faiths that aren't true? What about them? Okay. Legitimate question. No problem with any of this. Just so you know, there's no question that's not okay to ask. I believe that. So now look, here's another one. Why would a loving God throw anyone in hell? Hear that one a lot. You know, it's like, we don't want to believe that hell's real. We don't want to believe anybody's going there. And we don't want to believe that God's going to be the one that says you're out. Because they say he's a loving God, right? If he's a loving God, he could never do that. I hear it. So we're going to look in the Bible, of course, because whenever you have questions, the best thing to do is go to the source, which is God and God's word. So a lot of human beings will say a lot of stuff, but it doesn't matter what we say, and we can justify things or try and give you comfort. There's churches today that will preach that there's no hell. There are. There are churches that will declare things that aren't true because what we're trying to do is comfort people and make them feel good about themselves. The truth of the matter is God's word is God's word and he says things to us that we better pay attention to. All right, listen. In the very beginning, this is what God's word says. We're jumping into the middle of the creation account. In verse number 14, God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And this is what happened. It's a statement. This is what happened. God said it, and it happened. It's the way it is. He's God. So that's what the Word of God tells us. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day, the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set those lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the fourth day. Now, pausing, I want you to know that Moses is the author of this book by inspiration of God. Do you remember all the time Moses spent on the mountain with God? God was dictating all these words so that you and I would know who he is and what he's done. Check it out. Verse 20. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish in other life. Isn't that cool? Fish in other life. He wasn't going to sit there and tell Moses, like, you got to write all this down. They already said there's a quarter million species that we know of in the ocean right now. Right? Moses would still be writing. <laughs> All right. So God's like, hey, there's a lot of stuff 
in that water over there. Let them know I made it all. Isn't that cool? I mean, just like, man, guys, you're gonna, you better be overwhelmed by God today. I mean, just sit there in total humility and listen to him. He is amazing. Let the waters swarm with the fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. Isn't that cool how God let us know? I'm making it, they're going to reproduce, and they're going to be the same thing when they do. How did he know that we were going to think evolution existed way back when? Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, go back to God's word that's thousands of years ago was written, way before Darwin ever had his crazy ideas inspired from the devil. God's word says they're going to create, I'm created them, and they're going to just have the same thing over and over again. Yeah, man. Anyway, just stay with us. Hold on to your seats. You ready? And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas. Let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fifth day. Now, many don't want to believe in God. They don't. See, once we believe in God or acknowledge he exists, there's something that has to take place right afterwards. Who is this God? I need to know who he is, and then I need to know what he wants from me. Because see, when you logically follow the process in your brain of sorting things out and moving through it, it's not just, oh yeah, he exists, and you just go on with life. Once you acknowledge God exists, there's more to do. There's more to know. There's something critically important for me to understand if this God who exists out there created all this stuff and he created me, then there's a purpose in my existence. I was made for a reason. Now I got to have a bunch of questions coming at me. See, it's personal now. And all of a sudden, my innermost being is being questioned. And I've got to bring up answers that will not just satisfy me, but that I can find peace inside of myself with those answers. That's why I said there's no atheists. What they've done is they've chosen to believe something to quiet the questions of the soul. Amen. Stay with me, church. This is, this is great stuff. I want you to know because it's God. It's not Dave. Listen, I'm telling you, this is amazing stuff. God doesn't want any one of us to not know who he is. Many in the scientific field, not all, many in the scientific field are working deliberately to try and prove God doesn't exist. They can't. <laughs> They're trying to eliminate him. Now when we look in the scriptures and we know that they were written thousands of years ago, I want you to hear what Romans chapter 1 says. Here's God's word. I don't know if they're putting this on the screen or you guys gave it to me or am I doing it or what. But anyway, let's just stay with me and let's see what it says here, okay? All right. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. That's all of us that are non-Jews. 
So now listen, he just said, this is the, uh, the power of God at work. Don't miss that. Our salvation is the manifestation of the power of God. So amazing. So we're going to connect all these dots as we keep going through. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, which is Habakkuk 2.4, by the way, in the Old Testament, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now let's see what else he says here. Now check this out as we listen to God's word. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Oh, that's pretty critical right there. See, when it says God expresses or God is, shows his anger against those who suppress the truth. There is a truth in the heart of every human being that God exists. It's there. <laughs> this is God's word, remember, check it out. He's so good. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. <laughs> For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. Isn't that awesome? It's like, hey man, just open your eyes for Pete's sakes and look around you. You're going to tell me that when you look out into this world that you don't think there's a God, a creator, something that is amazing that put all this stuff together that works to perfection. Come on, man. That is crazy that we would just ignore him and try and prove it any other way than the fact that God says, hey, look around you, dummy. I did all that. Flat out. That's what he says. You want to ignore what I did? You're going to find out who I am. That's the anger card. Did you hear that? You want to ignore who I am? You want to ignore what I did? Do you want to ignore what I do? You'll know who I am. Come on, church. You know, that's something we need to wake up to as well. So let's keep reading. What is he saying to us? His eternal power and his divine nature. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Amen. No one has an excuse for not knowing God. <laughs> no one has an excuse for not knowing God. It's God's word. He's like, come on, man. It's all over the place. All you got to do is open up your eyes and look around. He's there. Here we go. We'll keep reading in Romans 1. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And then began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So as we listen to the word of God, he's like, you know, they begin to look beyond me and they're trying to create something beside me. 
and they end up as utter fools, the stupidness of it. Like, I'm not all that smart. But like when I hear this stuff that I hear, even in some of the stuff I enjoy in life, like for instance, a biologist talking about, you know, the wild animals of Arizona. And they're talking about distinct species that we have here and how they've evolved into their climate. And I'm like, man, what an idiot you are. Do you know how stupid you sound? <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's true. It's God's word, so I can say that. You know, you are stupid. God's word says he's a fool. It's like, why won't you see that God made this perfect for right where it exists? No, nope, we're going we're gonna to outsmart him. We know better. Yeah, man, that little blob began to say, I got to live in this environment. I better change or I'm dead. Jeez, come on, man. That's crazy. All right, we'll keep reading so you guys don't get like stuck here or anything. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. Instead, they became utter fools. All right, so there's a lot of fools in the world. I don't say that lightly. You know some of them. And so do I. In the truest biblical sense, there is incredible evidence all around us of God's existence and the truth of God's word. So now is where I'm going to challenge my, um, my team because I've already lost my notes on the screen and I gave up. And we are going to a picture that will come across your screen. Besides that little uh, party balloon that floated across the screen, what you're looking at right here is called a glass octopus. What you have here is the very first picture that science has taken of one of these creatures in 2021. All right? Now, I'm not going to get hung up on all this stuff and looking at it, but I, I want you to hear this. It's so cool. This is them talking, scientists I'm talking about, as they're studying the ocean and they're looking at this creature. As they began to follow along in this process, as they were mapping a section of the ocean and looking at stuff that they'd never seen before. I'm talking about in 2021, remember? Okay, you gotta put this into perspective. We're talking about during this crazy time of our life, here's this little thing down there in the ocean and they're looking at some, and this is their quote from the, the leader of the expedition. We have likely discovered about a dozen candidates for new species, including never-before-seen crabs, corals, and jellyfish, including, you know, the, the glass octopus that we were just showing you right there. So these scientists that study the ocean as a life calling are discovering new things all the time, right? Now, stay with me because this is so important as we travel through what we're, we're having revealed to us by scientists about our God right so like here's this creature that we look at and we see it it's fascinating it's amazing it's got its own lights it's translucent it's there it's like god that is so cool and they're like man you know what we realize that far beyond that picture of that octopus that we saw there's all this other stuff that we've never seen before now this is 2021 so i already know it's going to take them five years to figure out and give it a name but god already knows He's the one that made it in the beginning. Put it all together for us. And he's like, I'm going to prove to them beyond the shadow of a doubt that I'm God. And I'm going to give them glimpses of things and show them and give revelation. But all they have to do is open their eyes and it's like, whoa, there is a God. Come on, man. Now I'm looking at this stuff and the next thing we look at, now look, check this out. 10,000 feet below the ocean surface, they found a mammoth tusk. 
in 2021. All right? There should be a picture coming up. Right? Yes, there you go. This is that command center, a different one. This is a different expedition. Right? Okay, so here's what's happening here. As they do this, in 2021, they find this mammoth tusk 10,000 feet below the surface. They're looking at it. They did bring it out over here off the coast of California. And this is the quote from the person that's in this group. Listen to it. You start to expect the unexpected when exploring the deep sea. But I am still stunned that we came upon the ancient tusk of a mammoth. He is a marine scientist, Stephen Haddock. Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute is where this was taking place, and they said this in a statement. How did a tusk find its way to the deep sea? It's unknown and likely will remain unknown, but land-dwelling creatures are sometimes washed out into the deeper regions of the ocean, perhaps during great floods. <laughs> hey, man, that's them talking, not me. <laughs> it's like, hello, hey, man. I think I read something about that somewhere. And it happened thousands of years ago, guys. If you just read your Bible, you'd start figuring some stuff out and things would start to connect and it would start to make sense for you. Man, Man it's like, seriously, dude, you wrote that. You said that. You produced that and put it out there in the world that's saying there's no God. Okay. Man, he's amazing. Man, you got to check out this next picture, man. It is like, I there's a little video clip of this one that, well, if it shows up there. <laughs> it's called a phantom jellyfish. Uh, phantom, there it is. So, like, I watched a little video clip of this thing floating by, and I was just, like, in awe and fascinated. It's so cool. Don't do this now, but you can Google all this stuff later and check it out. I am fascinated by our world and what God has done. Now, the reason I'm putting this on here is this thing has, was only identified in 1899 for the first time. And usually when things happen from the past, it's because it died and was washed up on shore and they found it and they were like, what is this thing? It's a phantom jellyfish. Awesome. That's what we'll call it. All right. So it's only been seen nine times. All right, now, why would we even put this on here? Because this is the cool thing about it. You know, it's three and a half feet across its dome top, and those tentacle arms has four of them, like ribbon things, and they're like 33 feet long. <laughs> All right, so he's floating through the water, eating stuff. He's got this little light that kind of shows inside of his dome head up there. And they said, well, we know that he exists between 3,300 feet, or it exists between 3,300 feet and 13,300 feet below the ocean, but we really don't even know what it eats or how it exists. I'm talking about our scientists who we talk about being experts. They don't even know what this dude eats. But now they're going to tell us there's no God. I'm serious. You see, I'm talking about doctors, educational people, people that are talking to the world trying to prove that God doesn't exist. They don't even know what that jellyfish eats for Pete's sakes. Come on. I mean, that's a cool creature and stuff, and I don't care what he eats. I'm still fascinated by seeing him. As long as it's not me, I'm good with it, right? Just stay up. I like watching it on TV and not in there myself. So now we're going to move on a little bit. And, and this next one here, now this is a brand new discovery last year. They did name it. It was pretty obvious what the name would be when you see it. It's called a blood red jellyfish. Pretty original. I, have to, I mean, 
That's what this thing is called. It was photographed at 2,300 feet off the coast of Rhode Island, July 28, 2021. We had never seen this thing. Are you listening, church? July 28, 2021. We have our first glimpse of this creature that God created in the very beginning in Genesis chapter one when he tells us and he made all those creatures in the sea. And we're like, whoa, hey, dude, check that out. Hey, that's a blood red jellyfish. Good idea, let's name it. Now we don't know nothing else about it except we saw one, it's red, and it's floating in the ocean. Okay, God's pretty amazing, isn't he? So I know you didn't think you were coming to science class today, but I have one more thing to show you. Well, I have more than one more thing to show you, just one more thing in the ocean, okay? And Man, we're running out of time. You guys, listen to this. This is the Emperor Dumbo jellyfish. Yes. Understand why he's called Dumbo, right? They're not worried about his feelings, but they, uh, they he's kind of off the screen, but he's got a rounded head on the top with those ear-looking things. And, uh, you know, he was discovered back in 2016 for the first time they had photos. Again, we know nothing about these creatures. And I'm just, this is very little that I'm even talking to you about, right? I'm saying there is so much stuff that people don't know. So this is a statement from the scientists themselves, and it's a fact, okay? 80% of our oceans have never been mapped or explored. 80% of our own world we know nothing about. <laughs> and yet they're experts. <laughs> Just want us to get a glimpse of who God is. Think about who he is. Think how amazing our God is. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water. Man, we don't have time to talk about plankton that's like an inch or less in size. Or the blue whale that the largest one we've ever found is 108 feet long. Our sanctuary is 95 feet from that wall to that wall. 108 feet wide, weighing more than 400,000 pounds. And it eats those little plankton, thank God. <laughs> God made it. Isn't that awesome? He's like, that is cool. God's like, that looks awesome. I'm going to put him there and he's going to eat that little tiny thing over there. That is... They're going to know I'm God when they see that happening. Man, are we dumb. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? Seriously, we're stupid. <laughs> Human beings, I'm saying as a whole, that I'm saying myself, like I think I'm going to defy this God and tell him what he needs to do. God, forgive us, man. We should be trembling as we worship him. Psalm 19, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. You hear it, church? God's word's telling us there is evidence of God everywhere. Look up, man, and look at it. It's like, wow, there's a God. Go over to the water. Wow, there's a God. Look at the seat next to you and say, wow, there's a God. 
I mean, it's amazing when you see what he has done. The word of God declares, look, these things that God has created. Listen to the word. This is Psalm 19. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth. And their words to all the world. Man, is God awesome. All right, so let's check it out for a minute. The Hubble telescope was launched in, let me look here, April 24th, 1990. The first image was sent back to us in May of 1990. Since that day, the Hubble telescope that was launched out of space to take pictures of the universe and the galaxies around us has brought back 1.5 million bits of data for us to look at. Never before seen by human eyes. All this has happened in your lifetime. All you got to do is go on Google, not now, and look at the NASA site, look up Hubble Telescope, and you can see every single thing that's beginning to be brought in. Pictures of stuff that God has created and made. I, I want you to know, man, I'm blown away. He's amazing. This is from NASA, by the way. I want you to hear this before I show you any pictures, but listen to this from NASA. This is right from their website. Hubble's explorations have fundamentally changed our perception of the universe and will continue to reveal new insights for many more years. Humans are just beginning to look at and learn. Church, listen what God has made in the universe for us. I'm going to read something from NASA in a second, but just want to hold on to it for a second. Begin to see something and then hear what they themselves have said to us. These brilliant scientists that don't acknowledge God's existence. You and I are blessed to see things that no human being has ever seen in the history of the world. It's crazy. All right, so if you're struggling in your faith or you've got some kind of issue in your life that you're like, well, I gotta work this out, just chill out for a minute, all right? This is the God we serve who has invited us into relationship with him. So I gotta read this to you before I show any of these pictures. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. That's Psalm 147, verses 4 and 5. Okay, Psalms. So let's talk about how long ago this we're talking about. No telescopes or anything like that were happening. They weren't glimpsing the universe. The revelation of the Holy Spirit through the psalmist says they pen the word saying that God knows the number of the stars and he names them. <laughs> okay, so this is stuff that's gonna blow your mind for real. I mean, it blows my mind. I still sit there and I'm like, oh, I don't get it. <laughs> All right, so a light year. One light year is 5.88 trillion miles. One light year, as fast as light moves, that's how they measure it, right? Okay, so now hear that, because I'm gonna show you a couple pictures of things that the Hubble telescope has sent back to us. One of them is 215 million light years away. Let that one sink in, I know you can't get it. 
All right, one of those is 5.88 trillion miles. So we're talking about 215 million of those away. And we got a picture of it. Yeah. In the midst of these pictures, there's these black holes you've heard about where stars are just kind of like popping out. Boom, 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 boom. There they are. And God's like, Joe, Steve, Susie. <laughs> and the scientists are down there like, I don't know what we're going to call that in five years. We're going to have a name. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I was making fun. But I mean, it's like, seriously, God's word says they're fools. And they're like, we're going to figure this thing out, right? Okay. So the very first thing we show you is called NGC 6891. Yeah. I don't know why people have educations and I don't know why they didn't just say, hey, this is Joe's picture or whatever, but it's like <laughs> this. It's bright asymmetrical planetary nebulon in the constellation Delphinius, which is called the dolphin. It's the blue dot. So here's this picture and it's, it's that color. This isn't like made up, right? So here's this thing out there and they're like, well, we're gonna name it that. We don't really know what's happening there. We think this one came into being like maybe about 28,000 years ago. This is science. They're like, that's what we think when we look at this. All right. Okay. Let's go to the next picture here. This is NGC 105. It's 215 million light years away in the constellation uh, Pisces. And as you see the side disc, it looks like a, you know, like a saw coming in to cut another blade. The reality is, is that's another galaxy that's far beyond the one we're looking at. That's only 250 215 million whatever light years away. I don't care what it is. I'm saying there's another one beyond that that we're getting a glimpse of, right? This is an actual photo from Hubble, by the way. So as you look at this and you see the other things that are happening around it, and we're looking at this stuff. And so I, I mean this completely respectfully. I know you understand that as I talk about that. That here's these guys looking at these pictures and they're like, wait a minute. Um, Okay, so it's exploding and this thing is this galaxy around this and there's this thing that's producing something inside of it and it's like, oh, that must be how we came. million light years away and we're going to explain our existence due to looking at that picture right there that's what we see and now we're starting to unlock the universe and the galaxy you want to talk about somebody being stupid that is fascinating that blows my mind i look at that and i'm like dude that is a galaxy that's not a star that's not a sun that's a galaxy that's like where we live only multitudes of those out there that's why the psalmist said by the inspiration of god and the holy spirit saying look up into the heavens it's like god is talking man open up your eyes and look he's there god has made all this stuff so far beyond our understanding and comprehension that it'll just blow your mind man i look at this i'm like god you are so incredible but here we go Sorry, one more, one more picture for you, and we'll move on. A spiral galaxy. It's in the constellation Vela, 115 million light years away, just next door. Uh, we'll do this. Okay, so now I want to read to you. 
We got it. Um, so now I'm going to read to you from NASA. You ready? Astronomers recently analyzed the distances to a sample of galaxies, including NGC 105. Their results don't agree with predictions made by the most widely accepted cosmological model. And their analysis shows that there is only a one in a million chance that this discrepancy is the result of a measurement error. What they just said to us in common language is, oh, everything we have been teaching as a fact is wrong. Whoops. <laughs> We're not done yet. Check it out. They're not done. Okay, so this has been the standing resource for scientific knowledge of the universe. This is them talking, not me. These recent findings, this is them right off their site, provide credible new evidence then something, that something is either wrong or lacking in our standard model of cosmology. You think? <laughs> like, come on, I'm serious. It's like, sit back and relax for a second, folks. This is the God we were just singing to. This is the God that we just said, he's the chain breaker. And he removes our pain. This is the God who said, I want to be in relationship with you. It's that God who spoke that into existence, who's still naming those stars that are being spit out into our galaxy, who knows all those galaxies far beyond our comprehension. He made it all in the very beginning. God did it. God did it nothing else and that's who he is and that's who we're serving and we're worshiping see when you begin to look at that your issues should become like whoa plankton yeah <laughs> see and then the holy spirit just comes up and just swallows it up yeah because he's way bigger than any of our little issues that we have you want evidence what is truth Genesis says this, then God said, there's your fact, and it happened. There's your fact, God is. Now see, it, it requires faith for us. Remember, as we look back in the scriptures and see what it says, I am not ashamed of this good news. That's what the apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter one. He's telling us there is evidence forever since the world. I'm going to verse 20. Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invincible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. That's God's word now. We're sitting here right now. God just gave us, gave us glimpses of things that we didn't even know existed. Don't even know their names. Creating names and creating stuff to figure it all out. And we're looking at it and God's like, I did that. He's already told us, I named that. I know who they are. I put them there for you. And because I thought it was cool. Seriously, he did. He thinks it's cool. He's like, man, is that good? <laughs> That's awesome stuff right there. Wow, man, I tell you what. So here's the question. We're going to maybe make it here. Um, on time, I mean. Uh, here's the thing. Do you believe in the God of the Bible? Yes. And I ask that again. Do you believe in the God of the Bible? If you believe in the God of the Bible, then the God of the Bible is the one who did all this, right? So then he's the creator of all things. Not only is the creator of all things, he's the one that created the master plan of our relationship with him called salvation. 
That's pretty amazing, isn't it? See, honestly, I'm telling you honestly, that as we sit here and have a conversation with our reasoning, there is no way I can logically tell you how Jesus Christ's death on the cross pays the price for my sin. I can't logically tell you that. Because you see, God said it, therefore that's why it is, and that's what it does. So in faith, knowing who he is and what he does, then I say, I accept what you've done because you know better than me and you're the one that does all things and therefore what you have done works and I know that. Therefore, I put faith in everything that you say to me. I accept God's word as fact and when I do, it becomes so much more real. (sighs) He's amazing. (laughs) I listen to things and I'm often embarrassed for experts that talk. I'm like, man, Lord, that is so dumb. And they like, and they're like, and everybody's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Tell us more. You know, it's like, really? You really want to do that? You want to go there and see that's happening? So, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been to the zoo and every animal that's been there is still that animal. <laughs> right? I'm serious. It's like, when did all this stop? We just decided like, it's, it's finished. You stay like you are you stay like you are, you stay like you are, and we'll stay like we are, and everything's good now. We evolved into this perfect system, and so we're not going to change now. We're just going to stay here. Is that not amazing? I mean, it seriously takes more faith to believe in what science tells us is fact than what God says. It does. I'm not just saying that. I'm saying, church, like, look, the word of God was written thousands of years ago when these authors who were human, inspired by God, knew nothing about what we know. And as we discover what is around us, it always supports God's word as truth. Isn't that awesome? It'll never be disproved. It won't. It's God's word. He's the one who did all that stuff. You think he's like, oh man, did I make a mistake there? You know, I, I guess I should have had him write that. Come on. It's like right here in front of us. And so I'm like, here we are. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior? Have you done that? Okay, then. So now you're in relationship with that God, that one that we're just talking about, that we're seeing his work. All right, so grab that. Stay right there now. Do you have faith in this creator God to change you? Do you? Then what's your problem? Seriously. Oh, yeah, I know he can do it. Yeah, okay, then let him. Right now. Right now. Stop wrestling with God. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're going to prove? Why would he do it your way? (laughs) Got an idea here. Let me share it with you. I know you're busy with those stars up there, so I want to share some, enlighten you with how this problem I have is going to work. I mean, is that dumb or what? You know what I mean? Like, we're like, oh, man, you know, I'm pretty dumb. So Paul's preaching in Acts chapter 17. 
to these Greeks that believed in many gods. They were some of those people that were like, ooh, that might be a god, that might be a god. Let's worship all of them and see if we can, you know, make sure we cover our bases. And then they had that, I, that one, like, altar there, and it said, to the unknown gods, like, Paul's like, uh, hey, let me talk to you about this dude right here. Because none of these other things are God. This is God, and I want to tell you who he is. So listen to what he writes. This is so cool what God does here. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. For in one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God. Listen, this is God's word. Are you listening? God's purpose. Listen to it. Was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. (laughs) Though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. Man, God, let that sink into us today. Friends, would you find your way to the altar through the darkness of your reasoning, through the clouds of things that the enemy has lied to you about, and come to him who is all-powerful God, and let that stuff go and be what he wants you to be in this very moment of your life. He is calling us, church, into this incredible relationship with him to know who he is. He wants to reveal himself to us like we've never known before. This God who loves you. Is that crazy? That God that did all that stuff loves you. He loves me. And he's like, come here. Let me help you. Let me fix you. (laughs) Come on, man. Father, we love you. Oh, man, God, we are humbled and in awe of you. You're so amazing. (laughs) Forgive me for my stupidity and my foolishness, God. Forgive us for trying to fix stuff and do it our way and try and help you. (laughs) You are amazing, God. Thank you. Thank you for these moments that we can share together in your presence, the transformation of who we are because of you and all of your power and nothing about us. Lord Jesus, you know why we're here. You know why every person's here at this altar right now, God. You are bigger than all of it. Therefore, we surrender it to you. It's not our way. It's not what we do. It's all you, God. We surrender. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yeah. Is he awesome or what? Amen, God. We love you. He is amazing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you.